The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy, and here's Topher. How are you, my friend? Mate, I'm with you. I'm happy. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> you smooth dog. <laughs> uh, and what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week, we have a request from one of our patrons. Yes. We're talking about 1955's The Night of the Hunter. That's right. A film that was has long been on my watch list. Has it? And just been sitting there. So, I was actually really happy this came up. It was like, all right, get to it. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. So I w- But I love watching things I haven't even heard of. So, that was great. 1955, American thriller film directed by Charles Lawton, who was an actor. Uh, never directed again after the failure of this. Stars Robert Mitchum, Shelley Winters, and Lillian Gish. A screenplay by James Aggie was based on the 1953 novel of the same title by Davis Grubb. And what's it about? It's about, in, in the words of- Robert Mitchum, a diabolical shit <laughs> who, t- who turns up to infiltrate a family to find, well, t- to score the $10,000 that he thinks is stashed somewhere at their house. Yeah. $10,000 in 1955, by the way, better part of $200,000 now. It's a lot of money. That's good coin. Yeah. All right. So, let's dive right into All it right. then. Betwixt uh, us, we'll, um, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Been on your watch list for a while, so you were happy to get to it. What did you think of it watching it? I was in between the critical and commercial failure of when it came out and the modern day revered nature of it. Okay. I'm in between. All right. I'm going to hit with something. You ready? Because it's time for Big Tizzle's Big Call. That's right. It's time for a painted BDBC. That was really- Okay. <laughs> I knew you'd love a sound drop. My wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, no, he'll love it. He'll love it. Once again, <laughs> me and your wife in furious agreement <laughs> about your actions. <laughs> I think this might be the best film I've ever seen. Wow. I think it might genuinely be the best film I have ever sat down and watched. I loved every second of it. I'm a 10 out of 10. I, I, I can't fault it. I think it's the best film I've ever actually watched. Okay. Well, I mean, I agree. It's better than Titanic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, were, you were middling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's dive right into it then. I think the best part of the film, and I'm sure that you'll have to agree with me on this, the cinematography- and set design. This film looks absolutely gorgeous. You do buy that you, that this is a shitty little village in, I think it's West Virginia it's set in. Yeah. Um, and props to the set designers. It looks like it. But it's filmed in from, such- Well, an- from what I know of West Virginia. Never <laughs> but been it's there. filmed in such an interesting way, like really pulling from that German expressionism, you know, look, harking back to films like Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Metropolis, which is a film I know that you're a big fan of. You've got, you know, the really angular, stark set design. You've got those deep, harsh shadows on everything from the lighting, and it just looks absolutely- beautiful like there are so many shots from this film that i feel like could just be hung on a wall you know and we've spoken about that with certain films before but this to me is right up there with you could just 
you could build a frame around a TV and just have this movie play on a loop and just have it in your house as art, I think, because it's so beautiful. Do you agree? There's some shots in it which I was just like, you know, you really do stop and you're just like, oh, good work. Yeah, it's the lighting in particular <laughs> that, um, for me. The the bedroom shot before- oh, When he's about to kill, yeah. Yes, and it's framed in this like yeah. A shape and with just these deep, deep shadows yeah. and it's just- an extraordinary frame. And it's it's not even just the cinematography with that scene in particular, which I think is the strongest scene in the film. It's the score and music, which I absolutely adored. I loved the use of hymns and everything that tied everything in. It's the choreography and blocking of that scene, the way he moves like he's the big bad wolf. And the film plays out like a fairy tale like that. And he is almost, he is like the big bad wolf or the Pied Piper. And it like, it's, I don't know. There's just so much to take in and enjoy in this film. So I, I didn't like the start, that little that little thing it did at the start with the- It was like going back to It's a Wonderful Life. We're starting in the stars and then some floating heads yeah. pop up to tell us about the kind of fable that we're, that we're going to get, which I don't- th- Like, I didn't need it. Yeah, okay. Like, what, what the film is about is- is perfectly clear. <laughs> yeah. Without being it's, it's need very to, easy to follow. It does you don't need to be told at the beginning. It's, yeah. It's quite a simple plot, to yeah, be honest. It yeah. just it just doesn't need it. And I'm like, why are their heads floating in the stars? Maybe in fifty five, <laughs> that's what everyone was doing. Well, as we I, I liked that with It's a Wonderful Life as well. So I, I haven't a problem with it. <laughs> <laughs> um the two lead what well, the performance is is Robert Mitchum as this person as as he described it, a diabolical shit. And he's it's one of those things you just like it must have been so fun to play. Yeah. And it's one the, of those villains where you're just like, that must have been so fun. And I think there's a reason that you do see this pop up and, and this is probably why it was on your watch list. You see it pop up on, you know, great serial killer movies or great great all time villains. Based and- on a real serial killer. Really? That I didn't mm. know. Yeah. Um, but he was absolutely fantastic. And for the fifties, films like this can be quite campy. And this was played surprisingly grounded, I think. You really bought him as a character. And I think even though, you know, we knew he was diabolical, you could see the charm there and you understand why he is able to infiltrate this entire community and kind of become a beloved member and and why nobody believes these children. Like, it's he's played in a really grounded way and yet a completely terrifying way. And even though he's a serial killer- that actually doesn't come into the movie at all. He's not trying to kill or, or for most of the movie, even harm the children. Yeah. If, 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 if they gave up the money, he'd just leave. Like, the fact that he's a serial killer is almost irrelevant, to be honest. This movie would work just as well if, you know, even if he did still kill their mother. I don't think you get that kind of stuff coming through. But there's a lot of stuff going on there, you know, like when she tries to- jump his bones after they've gotten married and and he has that weird kind of moment there where he's like that's not you know uh, you know those little things that kind of say serial killer to you <laughs> i think they come through really well i think it's a really well written film um shelly well, shelly winters the mother of the family she a little while after this she will give genuinely one of my favorite screen performances ever in lolita which until now I think was probably the only thing I'd seen Shelley Winters in. I think she's significantly better in Lolita than in this. But some of that I actually 
think she's not given the opportunity to do as much as I would like her to be. Like, for instance, I think I think that scene on their wedding night where he's like, nah, you're not getting any. Like, I really like that scene. I, I just would have liked to have seen more from her between just going straight from that to her having drunk the Kool-Aid and being full, beware the devil's work. All right. No, I think she's great. And I also, I loved Lillian Gish as, as Mrs. Cooper in the in the back half. Um, it's interesting. When you said the two leads, I almost didn't know which way you were going to go. Mm. Because I think there's two distinct halves here, both filled with uh, those characters. Um, and not even to mention the children. Now, let's get to that because you don't like child actors. This oh, is a known fact. God in heaven. Was that a problem for you? Absolute train wreck. This kid- I'll give the little girl a pass because she's, she's so, so young. She's so little that- yeah. And she is the worst of the two. Yeah, she's got she's got a little ringlet mullet and- Yeah. Okay, whatever. Like A little southern accent. You're bad, but I don't care that much. That kid. I mate, thought he was at actually the, At fine. the beginning, like when the when the cops come and get his dad and he, and he, he, he just lets out this extended, no, <laughs> but it's like- it's like his mum's putting the, a topping he doesn't like on ice cream. It's that level of investment. I was just- <laughs> I, I hated him. Get out. I didn't think he was that bad. I mean, look, he's not up there with great child performances. You know, we've had a couple of really good ones this year. For example, Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. I don't know if you've seen Honey Boy yet, but Noah Jupe is sensational. Um He's not at that level, obviously. No, because he's really bad. I think he's fine. I think Absolutely he does a serviceable performance. Terrible stuff. It, like, it certainly was not bad enough for me to to take me out of how good I thought this film was. Like, it never distracted me from- I think because I was partially distracted by, as I said, the score and the cinematography, which I thought was so brilliant, and the screenplay, I, I did not care about that child actor. Weird bit of physics in the town when he first- when Robert Mitchum's character first turns up and there's a really cool silhouette of him in the hat, which is a great silhouette. Yeah. Going going through the bedroom window. And then, then the kid, the terrible kid, <laughs> looks outside and there he is standing underneath a lamppost. Yeah. Underneath. Yeah, Shadow would be the, gone the other way. The- <laughs> um Yeah, that didn't hold up. Scrutiny. <laughs> Yeah, but that's all part but of the But it's a cool art, shot. Like it's the whole, a cool shot. The whole you film, go, okay. As I said, the film to me feels like a fairy tale. I feel like part of the surrealism is very intentional. I don't think that Shadow's going in the right place. It really- It doesn't take me out of it because it's it's supposed to feel like this weird, almost fantasy story to me. It's it's no different to like Little Red Riding Hood. Um, I really dug- Old mate who lived on the river. Yeah. Sun's yep. up. Booze time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. I like that dude. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really buy that he was passed out when the kids when the kids run away. And they're like, Uncle, old mate, like, wake up, wake up. And he's passed out. But we saw that most of the booze came out of that bottle. Like, dude, wake up. Yeah, but maybe that was like his fifth bottle. He mate. can't afford anymore. (laughs) See, because he was distressed. He thought he was going to get blamed for the murder. He just saw a body. That was a weird move from him. Why would they blame you? Uh, Why would they think think that this person who reported the body, why would they be like, you can only put that down to alcohol. Well, mate, he who smelt it dealt it. You can only put it down to the alcohol because, (laughs) dude, they're not going to blame you. Oh, I disagree. You don't think so? You reckon that if you're the copper and old old man river- And the town drunk is like- I've just seen a body. Yeah. 
they're right gonna be like, near my property in yes, the water. Near you my definitely property. went there, tied her up, and drove her car. It, like he can't do that. He's barely functioning. I don't know. I I I, I totally get the motivation behind. Okay, that. Okay, I think I that think- was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, but props to them with. The dummy body. Yes. That thing was awesome. And I the, thought it was Shelley Winter to begin with. Yeah. And I don't know how they filmed that, but the way her hair was flowing as if she was underwater, I like, that was really well executed. So, my dodgy non-fact-checked internet research tells me that is that was not shot by- That was shot after main production, wasn't the main crew. Really? Um Props to them. Yeah, it was a really gorgeous shot. It was really good. The one thing, though, that, like, I was just, like, I call bullshit on this scene is that when old mate's looking down at our poor victim in the car, that river is clear as day. (laughs) (laughs) There is no river in the world where you can see that well to the bottom. Yeah. Just not a thing. Yeah, that's true. That is the cleanest river (laughs) on earth. Things I don't need to hear ever again in my life. An old lady saying, do you want a smidge of my fudge? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> That's, that reminds me of a uh, Irish potato bread is called vag. <laughs> and I'll never forget going around to my granddad's place and him telling us all just how wonderful his girlfriend's vag was. And we all have to have a taste of her vag. <laughs> it's a weird move, granddad. It was, it was a weird power play. <laughs> Strange flex from granddad. <laughs> Was it a mystery to you where the money was? That it was in the dole? Yeah. Uh, no, but I don't feel like it was really supposed to be that no. big a mystery. I thought it was going to be a mystery at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, I think it's probably in the dole. Yeah. And so, yeah, I actually then liked it when it turned out that that's really not what the movie hinges on. No. It's just, okay, yeah, that's where it is. We find out halfway through. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not It's not a search on the viewer's part at all. It's not one of those movies. It, um. I did. I loved the tension in that scene, though, where you did find out it was in the doll when she was out there playing with the money and cutting it into paper dolls. Cool shot. Yeah, it's a really cool shot. And Robert Mitchum appears behind them, and there's that mad rush to get the money. And as they're walking back up, you see those few bills float past his feet. Um, great tension in that scene. Doesn't have like Rob- Robert Mitchum's character Harry. My God, he he takes a hit. Well. Like, if someone pegged a hairbrush at you and got you square in the head, that would smart. Yeah. He doesn't blink. I'd fall over, but I'm a wuss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he's just such a great character. Unblinking display from Harry. The the deep, booming voice and the hymns. I love- So- in an earlier episode we were recording and you said you watched a film that morning that you didn't like the score of. That was this film. That was this film. So, can I ask, does that- are you talking music as a whole? You didn't like the use of music. You didn't like the score itself. Um, the the calling card of this guy's coming yeah. with the singing, that I thought was really good. Yeah. There were other bits of the score that sounded like like it could be from the Goonies for me. Like it was little kids adventure type stuff. Really? And this is before, this is in the first half of the film, before they actually have taken to the river. Yeah. And okay. I was just like, I don't, I don't dislike this music, but for me, it's not right. Okay. I was a huge fan of the score. I thought the way it all tied together with everything was really well done. So, let's talk about the knuckle tattoos. Sure. Did he make them famous? Were they a thing before the film? I had the same thought. Am I wrong? Did Jared Leto's Joker have knuckle tattoos or did he just have damaged on his forehead? Well, he had a lot of tats, didn't he? He, he did. De- was it? I think it was deranged on his 
Was it? Deranged, not damaged? Maybe, yeah. Either way. Either way, if you need to literally write it on the character's forehead, <laughs> yeah. that's a problem. <laughs> not near the top of the problems with that performance. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I, I think he probably. I think you're right, though. I reckon he did have have knuckle tats. Yeah, I thought they were. And fuck great, that, because it'd hurt. It would. I thought that was a great addition to the character, though, and the way he would tell the story about the left hand and the right hand. Uh, just brilliant touches like that. Yeah, the scene of him like doing the the meaning and and whatever, where he just like you are just a messed up individual. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot about the film that that seems bold to me, and I think. The direction is really fantastic. Like I think when you when you ask the question, what does a director add to a film when the screenplay has been written, the actors have been cast, and you know what does a director really do at that point? To me, this film is the answer to that because it's the direction, the cinematography, the choices that are made when during the making of the film really shape what this film is. And I'm really sad that he never made another film because if it's this bizarre, was his debut, it? I would love to have seen what came from him next and whether he developed this style or whether he, you know, jumped to something completely different. As I said at the start, he was clearly inspired by silent German films. Who knows what he would have done next? I just think it was amazingly directed. So, like, we, we've mentioned, okay, you know, the the kids flee, we have our, our river scenes and everything. I prefer the insular, more paranoid nature of having it in a really small in community. In a small town, okay. For me, it becomes weaker when you open the world up. That's interesting. I, I preferred the second half after the murder Weird of Willow. Weird for Willa. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after the murder of Willow, when it almost becomes uh, like a Huck Finn adventure. Like To me, this is, this is like a great American story, and it's that kind of- travel and and journey um yeah i i loved it so that's interesting mm. that we felt so different about it yeah i just like you know when like once there's an angry mob at the end it's like okay it's it's not a faceless mob we do know we do know people in there but i just find it more impactful having specific scenes between these people who some of whom have drunk the Kool-Aid yeah. that, that harry's pouring i would have liked to have seen how that progressed in that one setting of, like, how toxic does it become between these people who are like, no, it was clearly mum's fault Harry could never do anything bad. If, I would I would really interested to see how that would have played out in that community. So, how that would have- how would that have played out in your eyes? Because that- surely they would have to forego the murder of Willa, wouldn't they? Or would the children just stay with Harry after he kills her? Yeah, you could have them- you could have them not run away. Like, the kids are young enough that they might not go, Harry definitely killed mum, we're going. Okay. Yeah, so you would have preferred maybe some ambiguity there on the kids' behalf, at least, because it's very clear from the start. Our child is—he's the one person in the town who does not trust Harry, who yeah. who knows that something bad. It, would you have preferred if that had not been the case? Maybe. No, no, I'm fine with him thinking Harry's a bad egg okay. and having definite. Um, I'd be fine if he had suspicions. Yeah, in my little make-believe film here, <laughs> yeah. if he had suspicions, yep, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but I just think it would have been interesting to see how all this played out with the individuals that we've spent a bit of time with. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's funny. It's a short film. It's only 90 minutes, but it, it um, they pack a lot in, I It think. felt- Yeah, I, and I, I don't mean this as a, a bad thing. Like, I knew it was 90 minutes going in. Yeah. It feels longer than 90 minutes. It, it does, because it's- it's. I think it's a very well-written film. I think they pack a lot of story into a tight space. When you hit- It's virtually the halfway mark when Harry murders Willa, 
And from there, as you've said, it takes a stark shift where it becomes more of this journey. Um, yeah, they, they do cram a lot in before that point. Well, I've forgotten her name. The old duck at the end of the film. Mrs. Cooper. Mrs. Rachel. Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Mrs. Cooper. She's a boss. Yeah. Um, never in my life have I seen an old person with a rifle on a rocking chair on a deck that wasn't a joke? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is it for real. Yeah. And it works really well. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting her to yell out, keep off my lawn. <laughs> but no, she's actually doing a job. Yeah. Protecting her children. Yeah. So, how did you feel about the happy ending? That's fine. I guess yeah. I, I I was deeply unconvinced by little kids like flashback moment when Harry got arrested and he runs up and he's like no yeah all he, over again yeah, about his daddy yeah I was like yeah. this this is silly yeah I get that yeah because he spends so long running from this guy no matter how much PTSD he had from his dad he's not going to have the same reaction <laughs> here I agree because as if dad was around much anyway yeah let's be honest yeah. That's true. I mean, he was Robin Banks. He's Robin like, Banks. He can't have been that good a dad before he did that. No. no. He's a better bloke than Harry. Well, yeah. But he's not- I don't get the impression he was a 10 out of 10 dad. <laughs> like It's a Wonderful Life, surprise Christmas movie at the end. Yes. Yes. Um, and I actually really liked that. I loved the moment where he went and grabbed the apple and kind of makeshift wrapped it up. I, I think I turned to my other half and was like- that's already her apple, mate. Yeah. That's just a dud present. Well, he has- You no- half-wrapped an apple that already belonged to her. <laughs> he has nothing to give, though, but it, that's- He does have nothing. He certainly doesn't have acting skills to but- give. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the message of Christmas, isn't it, mate? <sighs> it was a nice it's thought. It's about giving. It's it was a nice thought. thought. Yeah. And she was incredibly generous, because if was I was her, so I'd be generous. like, it's already my fucking apple, that's mate. The- she's such a great character. She I loved her egg. as much as I loved Harry Powell. She was a good egg. Yeah. The title of the film- it's a cool name for a film. It is. It's not what I would name this film. Okay, let's play a game. Okay. What would you name it? Harry wants some money. <laughs> do have it, you know, do does what it says on the label. <laughs> or maybe kids can't act. Yeah. Yeah. Kids yeah. can't act. The movie. <laughs> I'm okay with the name. I think like, it's like it's a really cool name. Yeah. To me it's got that kind of fairy tale like quality to it. So I, I kind of I spoiled it straight out of the gate. I'm a ten for this film. I absolutely adored it. I'll watch it again and again and again. So, bam, perfect film. You happy to have checked it off the list? Um, there's things I really do like about it. There's a bunch that doesn't work for me. Five out of ten. Wow. So even with the absolutely stunning cinematography, which you have to agree is stunning, Some, a lot. It's not not for ninety minutes. I wouldn't say no. Like the bits that are stunning are. St- Stunning. Yeah. It's not 90 minutes of stunning. It's surprising, actually, that they start with the uh, worst cinematography straight out of the gate. Um, you know, when we have the, I'm assuming, shots from a chopper. Is that what you would guess they were? In the days before gimbals. Yeah. Very shaky. Yeah. And, like, that would be very hard to do. That must be one of the first. Like, I don't remember seeing chopper shots from mm. this early on. Um, so, it's an interesting decision to do it. As you say, before gimbals and steady cams, when it's it's very shaky, mm. like some of the editing in those very early scenes, where like after old mate dad is taken away, and Shelley Winter's character kind of runs up and just grabs her child and looks off like daytime soapy style. I was like, oh, and then it got a lot, and then it got better than that. <laughs> it, it did. It is interesting that they start with the worst stuff because 
it does it it as much as I loved the film, it took about five minutes after that for me to really start appreciating it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if someone said to me, Hey, should I watch Night of the Hunter? I'd say sure. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think this is a film that can inspire creativity. Like if you're someone who loves films, I would say watch this movie because there's a lot of art to it that I think can really um get your creative juices flowing just by seeing what's on the screen, if mm. nothing else. A smidge of your juices. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, that was fun. Cool. Yep. I love patron requests when they're things that we never would have yeah, watched yeah. before or just haven't got to. Um, speaking of which. Speaking of which, that's what we're getting to next <laughs> week as well. We're watching uh, Hitchcock's. Oh, I was about to say first, but you corrected me on this previously. What is it again? It's the first film he made in England. In He'd England. done a bit of work in Germany before this. Okay. But yeah, silent Hitchcock film, The Lodger. Yes. Yes. That will be that will be good from 1922. Odd. 28. From the 20s. 20s. All the same. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can know that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show and make us watch something that we might not usually watch, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and we'll catch you next week. Go watch a movie.